This is the Rocky Road Podcast. Brought to you by Rockspile.com. High drive went high and deep right field. Get up and get out. Davis's pitch. Strike three called. The Rockies are going to the postseason. Drive to left field. Larry Walker making three. Going back is Slater. Ryan McMahon. It's gone. Now, here's your host, Jake Shapiro. Welcome into the Rocky Road Podcast. It has been way too long since you have heard from me, and I apologize. Went a month without a show. That was not the plan, but that's what ended up happening. Who am I? I am Jake Shapiro. You can follow me on Twitter at Shapalicious. Read my writing at the Denver Post, Associated Press, as well as Rockspile.com. I cover the Rockies, Rapids, Buffs. I forgot Buff Stampede. Buffs, uh, Nuggets and Avalanche, everything around town but mainly the Rockies, and that's what we talk about here on this podcast, unless I decide to go in a different direction, which I often do. But you hear it in my voice. Um, I don't sound great, and uh, there are many reasons why there have not been a podcast in the last month, and I figured that this episode will probably be a lot of longtime listeners rejoicing more than it is me trying to grab a new audience. So I feel like I do owe you an explanation as to why there hasn't been a podcast, even though I really don't because this is a free podcast and I offer oodles of free content to all of you in the form of many and many hours like I have always done. But anyway, um, one, the Denver Post job with the Rapids is my main focus right now, and I'm trying to be as good at that as I can be. And I'm not the biggest soccer person in the world, so I've taken into a lot of reading and watching of soccer, trying to learn the sport. Two, I got promoted at my job with the Boulder Collegians, and that season started on Friday. So I had a lot of preparation to do and make sure that season went well and we had a thousand fans or so for opening night so that was great and I'm now the director of media and communications over there so while I still do some play-by-play I'm really in charge of a lot more than that now and uh, that's a huge task that I've bitten off and of course the Nuggets and the Avalanche were in the playoffs and I had to work some stuff there I don't think I missed a Nuggets playoff game so that was a lot going on and uh Then I think a lot of you know I'm involved with youth baseball as well, and May is the big month for that for me. So that was uh, a mission of trying to squeak some stuff in there, and I also have a side job at a bar in Boulder, and yeah, it it was tough. And then there's the big stuff, which is uh, I've had some health issues really over the last year uh, that I have not been public about. I think... It's kind of an open secret amongst a lot of people that know I have really bad stomach issues that run in my family, Um, and that's why I've always sympathized with Todd Helton. Um, But I have been seeing doctors the last month and trying to figure out what was going on. The good news is I am seemingly okay. The bad news is some of those drugs uh, have 
weird effects on me, and I lose my voice a lot easier now. So uh, it's been a preservation or, or uh, an effort in preservation of my own body and keeping myself healthy while also working eight different jobs. So the podcast has not been my main priority, and I apologize because I really do enjoy doing this, and I do enjoy interacting with you guys. But it just was a casualty of circumstance for the past month, and I knew that this might be a case going into the year. I actually offered the ability to do this podcast to a couple different people, and it just it never felt like a right fit. I felt like this should be my thing going forward. So anyway, about the Colorado Rockies, who have now won nine of their last ten games, have won eight straight games. It is the longest win streak of the Bud Black era, long, longest winning streak of any type, tied for the longest winning streak of any type uh, for the Rockies since 2010. And I've gotten a couple questions about this, and I actually wrote a column, which is going on Rocks Pile, I believe, tomorrow morning about this. Can you have an unsuccessful 10-game homestand in which you go 9-1? and Because I kind of feel like it was unsuccessful. And the bitter taste that's in my mouth, I think, is the bitter taste in which the whole Rockies season is occupied. Because this was meant to be the year where, hey, they were at 163 with the Dodgers. Maybe they'll finally go and beat the Dodgers. They're so close. Oh, they didn't get there. They're so close. Now we can get there. In reality, I think if you've listened to this show, you know I've never thought they were going to get up to that point, right? I didn't think this was the team that was capable of winning a division. Now, I do think this is a plus 500 team. I don't know if it's a playoff team, but at what point does it matter whether or not you're playing in that arbitrary nine-inning ball game that counts for a wild card at the end? Does any one of you really care about that at this point? Like three years ago, that was great. The Rockies got into the postseason. We're doing it. Last year, the Rockies won it. But do you care about the wild card game anymore? I don't think the Rockies do. I don't think you guys do. So to have your entire season come down to nine games on whether or not you're going to, or nine innings rather, on whether or not you're going to advance on what will likely be Herman Marquez's right arm in a faulty bullpen, in a fluky sport, if everything goes well the next hundred or so games, that is not too appetizing or promising in my world. So when I look at the Rockies and I go, hey, they went 9-1 on this 10-game homestand as I watch the Dodgers win again, and they didn't gain more than a single game in the both teams, have a current form of 9-1 over the last 10 games, I just don't know that it matters all that much. I think the goal is to win the division, right? Like, that's the goal. If you fail, that goal doesn't matter. And, yeah, you know what? You get into the playoffs, anything can happen in baseball. But, again, it seems like the best-case scenario is nine innings of luck going your way. And to me, that's not the situation you want to be in if you're the Colorado Rockies with two guys absolute superstars in Trevor Story and Nolan Arenado in the primes of their career, coupled with a young pitching staff that is locked up for years to come, that is really hitting their stride, or was supposed to. And that's one of the questions I got today when I threw it out. And uh, Will Sl Slater asked, 
or Saitler. Will Saitler asked. Rocks are nine and one in the last ten, but LA is eight and two and still up eight and a half, nine if they finish off the Phillies. What do they need to do to make up that ground if it's even possible? Trade candidates, Stroman, et cetera, call up Peter Lampert. The plan was, and I said this a few months ago, to be somewhere a couple games above 500 when you're in the middle of the summer so you can bolster your team and supplement what you already got going on with guys like Brennan Rodgers and Peter Lampert. Instead, because of Kyle Freeland's struggles, because of some of the injuries, you're counting on Brennan Rodgers and Peter Lampert to be rookies that are needed to get this club just to the wild card. And to me, that's a bad sign. I think both of those guys are wonderful players, and it's wonderful to have them. But the fact that the Rockies can't survive without those two, most likely, is not a good indictment of what's going on over there. And even if Brendan Rodgers ends up being Rookie of the Year or Peter Lampert is best pitcher as a rookie in the National League, I still think that statement holds true. Because instead of relying on the guy who is fourth in NL Cy Young voting, who's currently in AAA, you're relying on a prospect that hasn't thrown a single inning in the major league level. And there's a difference between, all right, we'll throw Peter Lampert out there to be the fifth starter, and he'll be the fifth starter if he comes up, and being, okay, well, we really only have two starters, Herman Marquez and John Gray, and we need one of these three guys to step up. Rather than that Ubaldo Jimenez case back in 2007, I believe it was, right? Where they called him up and it was like, all right, if you do well, that's awesome. We could use you. If not, you're a rookie. Things aren't going too well right now anyways. I think it was 07. It might have been 09. It's been so long ago. But this is the best three-year stretch in franchise history. And we're sitting here having the continual conversation the last three years is, they're still so far behind the Dodgers. And it's kind of depressing, right? So I don't really know what they can do because I think what they need to do is have guys, players on their own team, step up. I don't think they're making these trades that people think they're making. Uh, I think one of Jeff Breidich's biggest struggles has been making trades since he's turned into the GM. In fact, the Rockies have made less trades than any other organization in baseball. And that's not a bad thing per se but to me it shows that Jeff Breidich's evaluation system which we know this to be true does not line up with that of most teams in baseball so that becomes hard to make deals because the value system is completely different for both sides it'd be great to have Marcus Stroman I love Marcus Stroman I think he's a really solid pitcher he struggled last year. He looks like he's back to form this year. He's had some ups and downs, but he's pitched in those big moments. But even if you get Marcus Stroman, and you've got Stroman, Gray, and Marquez atop your rotation, you still need Freeland to step up. You still need a left-handed starter, and you don't have one right now. And Chris Russin, who struggled in his first outing, is not a candidate. I asked Bud Black about that the other day. They're not going to move him back to the rotation, and Chad Bettis is staying in the bullpen. So your answers have to come from within. And you heard Dick Monfort say it at the start of the year, the Rockies really don't have much money to spend. They don't. 
unless he goes, okay, I really, really want to win and starts spending that money and puts himself in the red, perhaps. I don't see much of anything changing. The offense on the other side of things has been pretty solid and had a good homestand here. I just think they have such little depth that this one week of Charlie Blackman being out, the month that Daniel Murphy was out, that's the difference for them. Their margin for error is so small. And that's just for the wild card. I don't know how to describe. I mean, their, their, their margin of error for the West is decimatic, like decimal point. So, I mean, I don't, I don't enjoy sitting here crushing the Rockies, but when you start 3-12, and 12, when you have the off-season failures that you do, you don't do enough in the off-season, and you're relying on guys that have been not good the last few years, Ian Desmond, Brian Shaw. Brian's been good. Ian's been good the last month. You take a big risk. And that's the only risk the Rockies could take because they had already paid those guys. And you hope they turn into serviceable players. And both of them have been. But they're going to be regression candidates on your team. And it's about finding those guys with the baseline of being, hey, we're going to be two wins over replacement guys at bare minimum, and we might be more than that. And the Rockies do not have a lot of those players. That's why the projections for this team are always so wild. Because you have some people out here with their pie-in-the-sky ideal of what the Rockies could be. You have the math telling you one thing, and then you have other people saying, I just don't see it. I probably fall somewhere in the middle of all that. I'm still hopeful that this team can near a playoff spot. I think it's a playoff competitive team. Again, I think it's an over 500 team. And I don't want to be the guy that goes, hey, they, they should have won all these games. They were against bad teams, and Arizona was a bad team. Because I don't believe that's how baseball works. I, just, I think you're playing yourself, and there just happens to be opponents on the field. I mean, how many times in a baseball season do you really see both teams put in a good game at the same time? Once a week? Maybe at the end of the season that changes a little bit, but, like, it's once a week. And what scares me is the Rockies are probably playing their best baseball of the year over the last month and certainly over the last week and a half. And that is not going to cut it. Like, they need to continue playing this level of baseball for a long time. And I don't know if they're capable of that. I'm still scared to hell of this bullpen. If someone goes down, they are screwed. Their starting rotation's gotten just about as much fluctuation as it can take. They're just in a tough spot right now. And Bud Black's done a hell of a job managing them through this to a, what, they're four games above 500 now? It's pretty good. Considering that he has 
Three reliable hitters. Story, Arenado, Dahl. Two other guys that have been serviceable. Tapia, and then you kind of name the other guy. Ionetta, Walters, doesn't matter. It's a rotating guy, basically. One reliever who's been good consistently, Scott Oberg. And two starters, one that you have on the shortest of leashes in John Gray and the other guy, Herman Marquez. I said that last year, that it was a miracle that Bud Black got him to that place, and I really believe Bud Black's a great manager. I just think this team is ill-equipped to accomplish the main goal of the last 27 years of Rockies baseball, and that's to win a division. Oh, my God, Tom Murphy's pitching. I just looked up at the TV and Tom Murphy's pitching in a 13-3 game. I'm a, I'll call the first pitch. So Murphy looks in at Cole Calhoun, comes set, working out of the stretch. Calhoun batting 246 on the year. Fastball at 90 miles an hour, high in the zone. Skied out to center field and taken there by the Mariners' left fielder who came out and called off the center fielder. So Tom Murphy, one pitch, one out. Should have kept. Can he pitch? Yes, he can. I think it's his third pitching appearance of the year. Speaking of which, Jordan Patterson struck out Tim Tebow the other day. I'm sure most of you saw that, but that's hilarious. I missed when I was not here for the last month, and that's Brendan Rodgers finally making his debut. He's been really solid since coming up as well. Uh, you know, I've been on the Brendan Rodgers hype train thing for just about as long as anyone, and I'm really happy that this guy got called up. He's batting 324 in his first 11 major league games, has two doubles, and has been playing a... I don't know. He's been okay on defense. I don't think he's really come into his own defensively yet, and he's been moving around from short to second base a little bit. But I, I think it's just it speaks to the Rockies' development that they got this kid up here. And, yeah, he was the third overall pick in the draft, but he really excelled through the minor leagues. And, you know, you look at him in Albuquerque this past year, he was four and a half years younger than the league this year. And now at Colorado, he's six and a half years younger than the average big leaguer. So you might be saying, 22, that's old. Or, you know, Alex Bregman and Dansby Swanson, who went in front of him in the draft, have been doing this for years. Nah, nah, nah. This guy who came into the year as a top 10 prospect in baseball finally got to his spot, and he got there way faster than a lot of guys do. And that is a very, very good sign of Healthy development from the Rockies organization. Now we'll see if he can be a reliable big leaguer. But it's good because the Rockies really haven't had a guy come up since that class of Dahl and Tapia about two years ago from the, uh, the batting side. And I guess really from the pitching side either because Freeland Marquez came up in that class too. So, you know, the last batters who came up and were super successful were Story and Dahl. It's been a couple years since the Rockies had a big hitting prospect. And Peter Lampert would be, you know, a continuation of them developing these pitching prospects. But, you know, I start to worry a little bit about the Rockies' pipeline because behind these two guys, there isn't much. You know, like, of course, being lower in the draft the last few years because you've been successful hurts that, but... You know, Colton Welker's your next top guy, and he's not going to be up here for at least a year. Garrett Hampson's back up. That's nice to see. Riley Pint is, you know, who knows at this point. 
You know, he's he's had so many struggles throughout the minor leagues that, you know, it, it, it might be a miracle if he even reaches the big league at this point, or the big leagues at this point. Like, you know, Riley Pint this year in 14 and a third innings has allowed 14 earned runs in Asheville. 19 strikeouts and 25 walks. That's not good. Ryan Rollison, he's a guy you might see, but that's going to be two years. Ryan Valet, same thing. And this is the Rockies' top 10. Ryan Castiani, you might see this year, but he struggled already in Albuquerque. You don't have a lot of standouts coming up. So you really need Brennan Rodgers and Peter Lampert to supplement this core for a couple years because it's going to be a while before you see some guys take over besides, you know, the possible Rodgers and Lampert as the stars of the Rockies. And uh, my buddy, Shy City Cynic, John asked, do you expect Lampert to be called up for a Wrigley debut or does that day off give them the flexibility to work for four starters for the time being? It does. I think he's going to start in New York. Um, that's my guess. So I'm sorry to you, buddy, because I know you're in Chicago and you probably wanted to see his debut, but I doubt he's going to debut in Chicago. I was also asked uh, by Ryan Crossingham, a longtime listener, how does the deal with the bullpen numbers work when Wade Davis comes off the, idea, uh, the IL? Will they fill the fifth spot in the rotation? Can't send down Estevez or DFA Diaz. Either would be dumb. A, yet, a vet or a... A vet or vets have to go. You know, I think they're going to send down Carlos Estevez again because that's just the circumstance he's in. And he'll come right back up when someone eventually goes on the IL or someone will go on the IL because that's how these things always work. So I don't think you have to get into that situation yet. Uh, I don't think they're at the point where they're going to cut bait with any of these vets. And uh, it would be nice to see Wade Davis back and actually having some con control and command of his pitches. Hopefully he's able to do that when he comes back. And the fifth spot in the rotation, I think, is going to be filled out by Peter Lampert. I think that's uh, just a matter of a week's time. Renee asks, what's going to happen with the starting rotation? I think Jeff Hoffman stays in it. Sensatella, Gray, Marquez, and Lampert. I think it's going to be two to three weeks at least before you see Kyle Freeland, unless someone goes down with an injury like you saw with John Gray last year, and he had to come right back up. Renee also asked, what's the plan for Hampson? I think Hampson's here until Charlie Blackman comes off the DL, whenever that may be. Um, when he comes off the DL, I'd expect Hampson to get sent back down. Um, you look around the Rockies, and they, they really don't need Hampson. Uh, if they really need a fourth outfielder, I, get, I mean, like, they don't really need a fourth outfielder because Charlie Blackman will be back, so that's my point. Um, so they should be okay without Garrett Hampson once Charlie Blackman comes back. Send him right back to the minors. He'll be your first call once again when they need him to come back up. What else we got coming on over here on these questions? Um, that's all for your questions today. But I think this is a, a pretty important road trip to Chicago and New York see if they can sustain their hot play. I think a 3-3 three and three road trip would be very nice, even though they're the Mets. Um, you know they're going to probably struggle on Tuesday when they first go out on the road in Wrigley. 
but they need to start racking up wins and racking up wins quickly. I was talking to Chris Iannetta about this today, and you know, I, I asked him basically what I wrote my column about, which should you find it disheartening that you can't gain any ground on the Dodgers despite this? And he said, you know, we just got to rack up wins and worry about ourselves. The wins will come in some way, but we got to end up over 90. The problem is I think the Dodgers are going to end up around 100. So while you should be just worried about yourself at this point in the season because you can't even control the Dodgers, there is a certain fact of hey, that's where the bar is, and you have to hold yourself to that standard. Anyway, that's all I got. Uh, my voice is really petering out here. Uh, I'm sorry to be so negative coming back on the podcast. Uh, this homestand really was great. The walk-offs were fun. This team is starting to get fun as the summer heats up, and the storylines are starting to develop, and it's making it for a far more interesting baseball team uh, just one that I think is a little bit worse than we've seen the last few years, unfortunately, for you, the fan. Anyway, I'm Jake Shapiro. You can follow me on Twitter, at Chapalicious. Please read my work. Um, that's how I make my income, and I will talk to you hopefully very soon once more. Uh, if not, keep bothering me because it's really all you guys that have tweeted at me and emailed me, rockyroadpodcast at gmail.com, that made me feel like I was forced to do this today. Uh, even though I do have a lot of hot takes on a lot of things generally, they've just been texted to my editor instead of said on the podcast. So love you guys, love the sport, and most importantly, love the Blake Street Tavern, which I'm at. Best bar in Denver. You can catch it two blocks away from the ballpark. Stop by. Uh, they do have White Claws now, which is huge for my brand. So uh, I hope to see you at Blake Street Tavern. Even when I'm not doing podcasts, I'm normally here if I'm at the Rockies game. And... Uh, you don't catch me here, catch me at the ballpark, catch me on Twitter, and I hope to hear from all you soon.